Dadhood. Modern Dadhood Podcast. Adam. Hi, Mark. What's up, my friend? It's Thursday night. Oh, thanks for reminding me. TGIF in the morning. Yeah. And then TGIF on television tomorrow night. Oh, if only. Jeff, step by it? step, Boy Meets World. Uh huh. Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Oh, man. Well, Family Matters. There's Family Matters. Nostalgia on multiple levels. Anyway, what show is this that we're doing? <laughs> this is Modern Dadhood, of course. It's an ongoing conversation about the joys, challenges, and general insanity of being a dad in this moment. That's right, and I'm so happy to be here yet again with my good friend, Adam Flaherty. My name is Mark Checkett, and I'm a dad, twin boy, toddlers. And you just said my name, and I am a dad of two daughters, six years old and three years old. Mark, it's rare that we center an episode around a theme that neither of us can really relate to at all, but... When I came across our guest for today, I knew instantly that he'd be a great fit for the show, that it would be an awesome conversation, and it was clear that he's got a really powerful story to share. Yeah, yeah. So I stumbled across Andre Jalil on Instagram, of all places, because he posts a lot of fatherhood-themed content. Uh, He's got a two-year-old daughter named Lyric Sana, who's absolutely adorable and hilarious and clearly, you know, very intelligent for her age. And what I love about Andre's content is that it's not just like cute pictures of Lyric. Mm-hmm. You know, he films these super clever little sketches with her. I mean, you, you've seen some of them. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're adorable. She's without a doubt <laughs> adorable and is definitely the star of a lot of those videos. But, uh, but yeah, there's like, uh, it's like he's, well, it's called the dad chronicles. It's like, he's chronicling his, uh, his, his adventures. You know, I think what's so great is that through the humor, you can feel how much love there is and how passionate he is about being a father. And when I really started paying attention to the content and digging a little bit deeper into the stuff that he's posted, I could see that beyond being, you know, this social media presence, Andre is multi-talented guy. And he also happened to grow up without his father in the picture. Mm. I know that a lot of people do, and that's not terribly uncommon, but you and I were both so fortunate to grow up with fathers in the house Mm -hmm. who were present and available. And it's just not a circumstance that, that we can relate to in any way. Yeah. And it, I remember back when you started talking about modern dadhood at the very beginning and I started thinking about my perspective, like as a dad and my, and, and immediately came to that realization that a lot of what I knew about being a dad, I got from my own dad. And we've talked mm-hmm. about that on the show like yep. a, a bunch of times. It, it really kind of only hit me then that there's plenty of fathers out there who didn't have that same situation that I did growing up. I mean, it sounds stupid to say it out loud, but I just, just not something I really thought about until, until I started really thinking about being a dad and, and having these conversations with you and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. That that's, why this is so great. What's why I love doing modern dadhood with you is that we get to, you know, learn so much from our guests, Mm -hmm. you know, and sort of see the world through their eyes and learn from their experiences, even when they're totally different from our own experiences growing up. Right. So I'm ecstatic. And I know that, that you're excited about it too, to welcome 
influencer, visual artist, musical producer, performer, <laughs> devoted husband, and father to one daughter, Mr. Andre Jalil to Modern Dadhood. Baby girl, it is you who I ride and provide for, who I reside and I side for, who motivates me to get this bundle. If there's anyone who loves you, you don't to improve you. Andre Jalil, thank you so much for joining us, man. It's nice to have you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys having me on your show, and I'm excited to have this conversation. Tell us about your family. Uh, my family. So it's myself. Uh, Joy is my wife, and Lyric Sana is my daughter. So you've obviously got uh, multiple talents and, and passions that keep you busy full time. But the way that I found you is via your Instagram page. Right. My wife started with the followers and she opened the page for Lyric. And I'm not sure what she had envisioned for it, but her page started to catch on. And then here I am with just like a normal page. Uh, and I wasn't really much of a social media guy, hmm. but I tried a few skits and it started to catch on. And we've gone viral a couple of times. It just it just seems to have taken off and we have a good time with it, you know, Man. when it comes. And so, yes, the Jackson crew. You shared with me that your social content is centered around the perception of the black father in America, in your yeah. words. Mm-hmm. What, in your experience, is the perception or narrative around the black father in 2020? So a lot of times it seems like from like the media there's there's this thing that the, like the, the father isn't there, like just we're absent, you know, and I've seen cases where we are absent. My father was absent. Uh, my stepfather ended up being absent later. And I've seen situations where I have some uncles who were there. I have cousins who had uh, parents who weren't there. I have cousins where I don't know who their father was. And a lot of that has happened in the black family in America. I was raised in the, in the 80s. I was born 79. I'm 41. And so in the 80s, it seems like there was this time with drugs and imprisonment that it was a big deal for the black family. And so I think that that has carried on into today. So what I'm excited to do on my page is to show that like the fun side, we all know that there's a difference between the fun side of of fatherhood and parenting. And then you have the the other side where it's like that pressure and that fear of protecting your family and, and all of these different things. I don't know what that was from the other side. You know, my father was, he was in prison actually, but we didn't have the, you know, the father son uh, relationship. So for me, it's almost like I'm improvising. So I, just to talk a little bit more about your upbringing, mm-hmm. where did you look for other male mentors in your life? Like where, where did you look for that inspiration to, you know, to be a mentor to you? Um, so my mom, she, she was big. We, we, we went to the church and she was always trying to get guys to like talk to me when I went through different phases of my life. But I always thought those church guys were like really corny. So like it wasn't like one of those <laughs> things where I was looking. My mom always said I had this thing with men where I didn't like men. And I'm not exactly sure what she saw. Hmm. But I had a karate teacher that I thought was really cool. And he was smooth and he would say things that other men wouldn't say around me. And I always felt like I was getting like an inside look and being like an adult and he was cool. And then he ended up dying of cancer like while I was a teenager. So he was gone. And uh, my father was addicted to drugs. And when he rehabbed, we actually uh, developed a relationship later, later in my life, well into my 20s. And it was actually cool to talk to him. You know what I'm saying? I didn't get the fathering from him. Yeah. But when we actually had conversations, 
I was aware of everything I was missing. You know, when you talk mm. to your mom, those conversations are very different. But when I talked to my father and it's like, we just hit it off and it was just like, oh man, it was like, where have you been all this time? We could have been having these conversations like years and years ago. And when I look at my daughter, I want to, I'm looking forward to being that guy. But of course, my daughter's two years old and I have a long way to go before we can have those kinds of types of conversations. But it's still fun. I'm excited to be the guy that she she talks to. So how do you think that your upbringing shaped who you are as a dad today? So there were a lot of things, you know, when you're a man and you have that hindsight, you look back. There were like so many things that were missing when you not have that, you know, like the birthday parties. You know, a lot of times it's the mom takes over and she does what she has to do. And she's always there. And I want to be that guy that's always there. So sometimes my wife, my daughter, they get ready to run to go outside. And I'm like, I'll, I'll go. Even if I'm not ready, I'll throw a shirt on, some shorts on. And I'll, I want to go. I don't want my daughter to have a memory of, well, my mom took me everywhere. There was none of none of those things. You know, my, uh, my mom taught me how to ride a bike. A woman taught me how to tie a tie for my daughter. I want her to have that balance. And so sometimes I feel like, I don't know if I overcompensate as a dad or wanting to be involved. You know, I change the diapers and it's all exciting. It's, it's a lesson, but it's like, I'm happy to do it. I just, yeah. I don't want her to, to ever feel like it was all mom. Yeah, that's how it affects me. Like I have to be that dad. I want her to be proud of her dad. I want her to be like these women that you see when it's their father's birthday or their anniversary. And, you know, like, this is my dad. I love him so much. And I'm like, just, I just want to live to see that, that thing when she has the, her first post where she loves her dad. And I think I'll just be happy. My heart will be leaping with joy. So you, you have this intro video on your, on your YouTube channel. Yeah. And you say the line, I hope to inspire aspiring fathers and brothers like me who grew up with absentee fathers. Right. So you, you clearly have a mission. I mean, just hearing you talk about it, I mean, it's so evident. But I wonder, can you talk a little bit about where that line comes from? Can you talk about when that first started to take root in your mind, sort of when you felt that call to take up the job of not just being the dad that you didn't have, but inspiring others? Yeah, so that's the part about the social media. Social media is like a lot of people wake up first thing they see, you know, they have these uh, these videos. Like men may not follow me, but their wives will follow. Mm-hmm. And then the wives will share the video with the husband. <laughs> and so what inspired me was what, when I realized that I, I was inspiring other people was when I get, you know, I hang out with my friends and they're like, oh man, I saw that video. And you know, like a lot of times women will respond to your videos, but the men won't. And when you see them, they'll say, oh, that video. And I'm like, I didn't realize that you saw the video. I didn't realize. They were like, yo, you're my favorite couple. And the way you raise your daughter, I want to do that, the sign language. And I realized that people are being inspired whether you know they are or not. And so when I have friends who have kids after me, that was the inspiration, you know, to have the humor and to use that to inspire other people. It's super interesting that you hear from other dads that they love your content, but it's their wives or women who are engaging with it. Do you think that's just a function of the different ways that men and women use social media? Or do you think that's more of like a fear of not appearing masculine by engaging with the kind of content that you're creating? I think it's a mixture of both. Like when my wife wanted to create a page for my daughter, I wasn't like a big fan of the idea. But she went ahead and did it. She ended up giving me two options for her name. And so I said, all right, I'll pick one. And, you know, it's done what it's done. And so I think it's a mixture of both that women are just a lot more friendly and lovable when it comes to other people's content. Lyric has 
cyber aunties and women that I don't know, they follow and they're in different continents. And it's like really funny, but sometimes with guys, you really just got to squeeze them to get the emotion. Yeah. Out, yeah. You know it's like, I mean? yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. I love the fact that you use humor because I think that's, that's a good device to, I don't you know whether you're doing it consciously or not. It's a good device to like break down barriers to right. start talking about like real, true, honest, sincere things. And I think that's one of the things I love about your, your content kind of across the board is that, yeah, a lot of it's very funny, but once in a while uh, there's these really great moments of just like beautiful sincerity, just real moments, right. real, real true moments. And there's so many videos that I watched I'm like, that's, that's happened to me. And, and, and some, some of those moments are frustrating, but some of those moments are so cute and I love them and I welcome them. You've got this fantastic song. It's you. uh, And you wrote this song for lyric. There's a lot of heavy lyrics in that song. Uh, It's a beautiful song, but there are some heavy lyrics in that song. And there's one in particular that stuck out to both, to both Adam and me. You say, uh, honestly, we felt a weight bringing you into this world. Where did that feeling come from for you guys? But also, how did you overcome it? So I don't know if it's a thing that's ever overcome. Like I said, we'll both try our best to show you how to navigate, right? Because that's pretty much what it's about. And when you look at what's going on right now across America, from our leadership down, it's just, it's scary. The things that are going on and how like uh, people are at war with each other, you know, they have this, this special on Netflix about this doctor with the, the girls with the gymnasts yeah. and that they have this doctor that's that's abused all these women. Is it called Athlete A? Yes. It, yeah. That's yeah. what it's called. Athlete A. Yes. And it's just like infuriating to imagine yeah. that would be my daughter, you know, and it's just you have these things with Weinstein and you have the trafficking, R. Kelly and these things. And it's just scary. Those are the things I mean, you know, we felt the weight bringing you into this world. Sometimes when I share these thoughts with guys I work with and they're like, hey, you just can't think about that. Mm. You just kind of got to, you, you know, you got to leave it alone. You kind of just do your best. But I do know when I was young and I wanted to go to the movies with my friends and I'm from, I'm from Harlem. I grew up in the city. I grew up in the ghetto. So I'm all the way uptown in Harlem and I've had friends in Brooklyn and I want to go to Brooklyn to go to movies with my friend. And my mom was like, I want the, the phone number to the, to the, the movie theater. I want the phone number to your friend's mother. I want the phone number to his father. And I'm like, well, I don't know all these people's phone numbers. Like, what do you want? And I just thought that she was being, you know, uh, over the top, like super yeah. protective. But now I'm just like, she's not spending the night in anyone's house. You know, I want to know if, I, if I'm taking it to a party, I'm popping up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it's just, I just want to protect her and be there. Yeah, it's tough, man. Like my, um, I'm right with you. As soon as my daughters are born, like my job is to protect this being, but I also want to give her the space to live and experience things on her own. But at times it's kind of like a paradox because you want to be the person that explains the bad things in the world, but you also don't want to be the person that tells your kids about all the bad things that are in the world. Right. And so it's like, okay, if they're going to, if they have to learn about this, I really want to be the one or my more or my, you know, the parents, we want to be the ones who, who are there when it happens or who conveys, you know, it is a bit of a paradox. Andre, I've noticed that the word legacy pops up a lot in your writing and in your music. What does that word legacy represent to you? Legacy is, uh, you know, raised by a single mom. I remember when I graduated high school 
and it was time for college. And my mom looks at me and she says, you know, she says, um, you know, I didn't put anything away for you for go to college. You have to pay for it yourself. And I, I went to school and I paid for it myself. And so for me, when we were expecting Lyric, we bought this house out in New Jersey. And I want to show her one day how to trade options and how to live off the dividends and not taking money. You know, so when I talk about legacy, I always say we sit around the fireplace. My mom, my wife is always like, what is it with you with the, in the fireplace? <laughs> you know, if we could sit in front of the fireplace and have hot yeah. chocolate, yeah. you know, and then she can take that and, and sit down and with her family, have hot chocolate, you know, in front of the fireplace. So I married a black woman with a master's degree, natural hair and other factors that matter to me to create us a legacy, build an empire, a dream team, I married a, a black woman with a master's degree, natural hair, and other factors that matter to me. And the na- natural hair thing even is for like a lot of times where I grew up, a lot of times women, they straighten their hair and it's all these things, which is fine. But I wanted to give my daughter a shot with how her hair grows out of her head naturally. And a woman that can show her how to do it, how her hair works and how she could do her little curls and have her little, you know, hairstyles and make her decision. Well, it sounds like you're saying there's a financial component to it, an educational component to it, but also just family traditions to be carried on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, and that that's a big thing, the tradition, all of those things, all of the components that you said, financially, education, and opportunity. It seems like music, art, performance, these are just parts of your identity. And it seems like throughout a lot of your videos, you know, you're talking about or listening to Erica Badu, or there's, you know, you mentioned Stevie Wonder, and there's a video of you guys watching Misty Copeland dance. Uh, And then in your artwork as well, you've got all these, these portraits that you, you make of like, you know, there was Frederick Douglass in there and there was Martin Luther King Jr. And and then Kobe and like all these other, those figures are clearly very important to you. Can you talk a little bit about why it's important for Lyric to have black heroes and historical figures and, 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 you know, musicians and so on and so forth in her life to look up to? If you listen to someone like Viola Davis and you'll listen to an interview and she said, the first time I know I want to be an actor is when she saw a black actor. Mm. Right. And so like, you'll say, you know, I'll look at someone who was like a basketball player. I saw Dr. J or Michael Jordan was very inspirational. I played a lot of basketball when I was younger and Michael Jordan, I tried moves after watching Michael Jordan. You know, it's not like we steer her just towards black, but I do want to make sure that she's, she sees it. I want it to be normal for her to see it. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. What's important is like what you just said. It's the diversity. It's the breadth of, of the perspectives of, of different walks of life in the world. Yeah, I, Man, when I learned about Christopher Columbus, I'll never forget thinking like, what a sham. It was right. all such, such a lie. Like, what is it? Right. That, and like, that, why? And why? to what end? Right. Exactly. Why? Right. Do you have a a video that you've created with lyrics Sanaa that you're particularly proud of or that always makes you laugh every time you see it? I have this video I did with her and I I call it the Uncle Two Teeth. You know, uh, what's Snapchat has the little, the filters. I'm making the noise with my mouth. (laughs) And so I recorded her looking at me making the noise with my mouth. But there's a lot of favorites. It's just, sometimes I let the people say which one. Mm -hmm. Which one is your guys' favorites if you have one? Is there one that you can... Remember that oh. stood out? 
before you joined the Zoom, we were talking about some of the ones that we were watching, and we both were thinking about the one where you were in the studio and she was with you, and she kept oh, starting the beat. Yes, and yes. every time you like, now that you mention it, yes, that is one of my favorites because she was after me and she tried to press that. So, Why? let them know. Hey. Too. One, two, two, three, eight. hey, yeah, she got the count off and everything. It's DJ Lyrics to now. I want to That's when you want the joint to stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Okay. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Drop it. One, two. Okay. One, two, three, and. That's the MPK, and she presses the stop and the start, and it has the stop to play and the record button. And so I had this one where I started making the beat playing the keys. And she was like, there you go, dad, dad. And I'm like, listen, no. like, so, there you go. And so when I showed her how to press stop and start, she was so excited that she yeah. could stop it. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, she's, she's hilarious. I mean, even at two years old, you can see that she's like got this sort of comedic timing and she just understands, you know, yeah. she, yeah. she, she understands gets, humor. Yeah. She gets it. And it's just so much. Like I look at my wife I'm like, you know, she gets that from me. I'm like, yeah, she gets that from me. I'm like, yeah, she, she gets that. <laughs> Well, you're you're clearly leading by example with all of your creative content in terms of being a present and involved and, you know, passionate and loving dad. But what would you say to someone of any ethnicity who maybe just learned that they're going to be a first time dad and might be totally overwhelmed and thinking about just kind of checking out? Oh, it's it is a challenge, you know. But I feel like a lot of times when men do check out, it's not necessarily because of the kid. It may be because of the spouse or wife or girlfriend or whatever it may be. When I was dating and I was, you know, sowing my wild oats, one of the things that scared me to death, I was like, man, what if I, I, I don't have any intentions on marrying this girl? Like, what if she comes back pregnant? Like, what does that mean for me as a father? Because I knew I always wanted to be there. And my, my dream was to do what we have now, like the house, the daughter, the, we, we bought a house on the dead end street. I, I always wanted that. And a lot of times, if you don't implement a plan, that's how you check out. If you're with somebody you didn't want to be with and you just, you had a kid and you decided to, you know, just have the family because of the kid, it's kind of like putting the, the, the cart before the horse. So that's what I would say. I would say plan it and, and stick with your plan and don't get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Andre, where can people uh, find you online? Well, on Instagram, Andre Jalil, A-N-D-R-E-J-A-L-I-L. You can find me anywhere. My YouTube page is under Andre Jalil. And I have the Dad Chronicles with my my family stuff and um, my family content, family stuff. And I also have my song, It's You, on Spotify, iTunes, any one of those major outlets for music. You can find the song I, I have for my daughter and YouTube. Talk about legacy, man. That's that will be that will be in your family for generations. That's going to be something. And she likes to watch the video. She also watches our um, our wedding video. So sometimes she wants it's you. And then it's the wedding video after that. Andre, that's awesome. It really it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for your time. We really I mean, truly, we wish nothing but the best for you and and your family. Adam, Mark, you guys are the best. Maybe, uh, you know, in the future, I'll be on your show again. Okay. Yes. We'll we'll check back with the Dad Chronicles and see what's, yeah, yeah, what's yeah. developing <laughs> with lyrics. <laughs>
back for its second ever appearance on Modern Dadhood, the segment Talking with Toddlers. That's exciting. Was that it's too a, much? It's the sophomoric effort. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it made an appearance some time ago. Gosh, I wish I knew exactly when, because my kids are now saying a lot more. They were saying words, but they weren't stringing words together to say sentences. So this is going to be a little bit different for you. This is going to be a little bit, I think it's going to be a little bit harder for you. I'm confident that I'll do pretty well here. You think you're going to do all right? Yeah, I think I'll do all right. Haven't heard them speak a lot, but Mm -hmm. I do know a lot of the subject matter that you're dealing with at home. And okay. so I think that I'll be able to narrow things down pretty quickly, but, but um, yeah, let's, let's hear see, it. See, this is why you're a good, cont- a good, good contestant on this because you're really using the old, the old noggin up there. Yeah. Yep. For our listeners who aren't familiar, uh, here's how this is going to work. I'm going to play for Adam clips of my toddlers saying words or phrases. I will then offer four possible answers as to what they are actually saying. Adam's objective is to then choose the one correct answer. I'm giddy, man. Okay. Clip number one. No You don't even need to give me the options, but I want to hear them. All right. Let, let, let's, let's let everybody hear it one more time. Is he saying, A, do brushing teeth. B, new special treat. C, blue puzzle piece. Or D, can you believe Mother Love Bone's only full-length studio album was released 30 years ago this month? I don't know Mother Love Bone, but that's a great band name. That's what Pearl Jam was before Pearl Jam. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't need to think about it. It's, it's A, do brushing your teeth. I'm so sorry. What? I'm so sorry. That's wrong. What is it? The special treat one? Uh, <laughs> what yeah, is it? It's new special treat. New special treat. Let me hear it one more time. All right. Let's do it again. I, I'm afraid I beg to differ. <laughs> uh, new special treat. What was the treat? Uh, we gave them some some really fun fork and spoon combination that are like uh, they're they're shaped like construction vehicles oh sounds great so they like a little bulldozer but it's actually a fork fantastic okay Mm -hmm. next one (laughs) oh man i'm sorry you didn't get that one all right Um, i missed it all right um making them ice cream Um, <laughs> about yeah, there's almost everything they say begins with, um, I should have, I should have said that out front. <clears throat> All right. Um, making them ice cream. <laughs> All right. All right. Is he, is he saying a meeting some nice teens, B feeding dumb mice cheese, <laughs> C eating some ice cream. Or D, I don't care what NPR says, in no way is irregardless a word. <laughs> it is, it's D, the NPR one. <laughs> right. I'm going to take a ding for that. And, and then I'm going to uh, retract and say it's 
um, eating some ice cream. See. Yes! Nailed it. Nice, right. man. Really good job. All really right. good job. All right. This is the last one. And what you're going to hear is one of my kids says the phrase, and then the other one kind of repeats it okay. a second later. So you're actually going to hear both a of them. A hint. And fucking me. Can I have it again? It's very, the second one says it very quiet. I feel like this is uh, when when they send ghost hunters into a place <laughs> and they just leave a recorder going all night yep. and then analyze the waveform and it's like, Mopey meat, mopey meat. And fucking meat. Oh, I got it. Okay. Are they saying, A, uncorking it, B... I'm forking it. C, I'm floor cleaning. Or D, for the love of all that's holy, wear a mask. <laughs> Man, I was gonna, I was certain that toddler A was complaining that toddler B was poking him and saying, he's poking me. Ooh, all right. So could I have it one more time? Because yeah. now I got, I got a little bit of thinking to do. And for. Oh, it's it's the floor cleaning. It's floor cleaning. Final answer. Can you tell me that what that whole option was? A. Uncorking it. B. I'm forking it. C. I'm floor cleaning. Or D. For the love of all that's holy, wear a mask. (laughs) It's C again. I'm certain. I'm sorry you're wrong. I'm sorry. What? Sorry. What? Sorry. sorry. What was it? I gave you I gave you a tiny hint in 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 question number one. I don't even remember what number one was now. It was new, like 20 minutes ago. New special treat. Oh. He said, I'm, I'm forking, forking it. it. Yeah. Yeah. They were taking their new little bulldozer slash fork and they were just going through their yogurt saying I'm forking it. Yeah, forking it. Admittedly, I became a little bit jaded after the first question because I feel like you horn swoggled me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is this is what happens when you're talking with toddlers. <laughs> and once again, we roll into the closing credits of modern dadhood. Dads, you can find us at moderndadhood.com on iTunes. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you choose. Keep going. More. Okay. Pocket Casts. Mm-hmm. Um, um, GeoCities, Angel Fire. Tripod. <laughs> Friendster. Dogpile. Do- oh, oh man, I I I preferred Dogpile for a long time after after <laughs> Google hit the scene. I'll have you know. Yeah, just so just dogpile or ask Jeeves about modern dadhood, and you'll find us on the internet. We always say this part. We so very much appreciate when you give us a rating or a review. So Do the one-two punch. Give us both. Great idea. And a subscribe while you're there. Great idea. The one-two-three punch. Send us an email at hey, H-E-Y, at moderndadhood.com if you'd like. We love interacting with you. I'd love to hear an idea for a topic. Do our work for us. Big thanks to Casper Baby Pants, to Spencer Albee, to Bubby Lewis, 
all for the amazing music in our podcast. And thanks to the amazing and talented Pete Morse at Red Vault Audio for making us sound good despite recording in a basement and a garage tonight, right? I'm not in a garage. Look at the picture. Do you see a garage? I see a shelf full of VHS tapes. Also, thank you for listening. coming down your stairs during the thank you for listening? It's the wife. Do you want to say thank you to the listener? Thank you, listener. That was great. That was great. It was solid. Thank you.